And hello, everybody. Welcome to Paul Listnick Behind the Curtain. I doubt I have to tell you what that little theme was that you were listening to on the way in tradition. One of the classic songs from the classic show, Fiddler on the Roof. Uh, this one takes me back to my childhood, but I've seen it so many times. I, I can't even begin to tell you. It truly is one of my favorite things. Uh, favorite shows in my life. And whenever I'm asked, what is your favorite Broadway show? People expect me to say, uh, Evan Hansen, Wicked, and they are all great. But Fiddler on the Roof is the answer that comes out of my mouth. Joining me, I couldn't be more pleased, are the leads from Fiddler on the Roof, Stephen Skybell, who plays Tevya. Uh, and this is not his first rodeo with Fiddler on the Roof. <laughs> He's done it many times. And I ask you a little bit about that because you sure. work with Joel Gray and playing Golda. Debbie Gravitt, who is a Tony Award winner, and she's got a special. When is your special on PBS? When's the next one coming up, Debbie? Oh, my God. I really should be well-informed, shouldn't I? But it all. <laughs> well, I will tell you it's in the fall, so I, I'll help you out that fall. way. All right. Well, it's in the fall, Paul. Well, okay. welcome. So this production of Fiddler, different than any I've ever seen, and I think yes. I've seen them all, <laughs> um, at the Lyric Opera House is just stunning. Check out the reviews. I know my guests don't like reading the reviews, but I don't mind saying them because I have never seen such stellar reviews, really, for a show written by Chris Jones of the Tribune, the Sun-Times. They just, and I was telling Stephen, Debbie, Chris began his review by saying, I'm trying to find the words to tell you, you must see this show. Wow. Um, doesn't wow. get any better than that from that guy. And um, wow. anyway, I have so much to talk to you about. But Stephen, I was also intrigued to learn you were in Joel Gray, who I interviewed a couple of years ago, Joel yeah. Gray's version of Fiddler. So do you speak Yiddish or did you simply memorize the Yiddish you had to know? Well, no, I had studied Yiddish. It's a, it was a long, circuitous. Oh, hold on. My phone is ringing. I beg your pardon. I took a long, circuitous route to. Um, getting to the Yiddish fiddler, but my brother and I had studied Yiddish just on our own. And then I formally studied some Yiddish when I was in Chicago doing Wicked in 2006. Um, I contacted the woman, Hannah Fagel Turteltaub, who uh, unfortunately <laughs> has passed away. Right. But did they get that whole name on her on on the gravestone? (laughs) I'm sure they did. Okay, she uh, there wasn't a large enough enrollment for me to audit the Yiddish class. So um, she offered to teach me in her home. And I I did that once a week. So I had some Yiddish in my mouth and some understanding of Yiddish. But um, but I'm I'm still today not a real confident Yiddish speaker, but I certainly can can hold my own somewhat, but that, um, that was the fiddler on the roof that was in Yiddish. And yeah. uh, so it sounds like you yeah. had to, you were able to at least memorize the, the, the Yiddish words you had to know to say that script. I guess what I'm saying is, were you translating it in your head or you just simply went to the Yiddish? Cause you no, knew. It? No, I, you, I ultimately realized I needed to know exactly what I was saying in Yiddish and then it dawned on me late in the process, you know, it was like acting 101. Not only did I need to know what I was saying in Yiddish, I had to know what everyone was saying to me in Yiddish. And wow. so it, it ended up being a 
true labor of love. I'm happy to tell you we are reviving it in New York City starting November 13th. We're, I'm going to leave this Chicago Fiddler, have a week off, and then start rehearsals for the Yiddish Fiddler revival, which will go through New Year's in the city at State and, and I'm happy to tell you I knew that was happening, and I yeah. hope to get out there to see it. Debbie, one of the things that's interesting, listen, is I, I, I know this show so well and, and pretty much have the script committed to memory myself, right, right. that, of course, there's so much, uh, Debbie, extra Yiddish that comes in. I'm sort of curious there's you know gavalt uh, there's just all these words that come up is that scripted in now or are people just given some freedom to toss in some uh, some yiddish when they know it we certainly get a, a lot of that from uh you know from yenta and some others hmm. well i don't even really know how to answer that honestly except that maybe it just slips out a little bit when it's appropriate how about that which also means people, so many members of the cast have to have, I guess everybody's got enough familiarity with Yiddish to pull it off, right? We all, whether well, you're Jewish or not, you know some of these words. I some think of, that yeah. everybody in the world knows a few of these words. And, and, and honestly, everything you're hearing, what you basically hear is we say it in English and then, but, you know, this is giving a wrong idea. There's a word here and a word there peppered in. Right, right. Um, but it is, it is true that the production, which was is Barry Kosky's production from Berlin, the Komische Oper Berlin, they because it was presented in German, they could be a little more fluid with some Yiddish, and so I think the German production did um, have much more Yiddish than the Broadway script has, and I even think Barry said that the scenes between Yenta and Golda were in Yiddish. Uh, because a German-speaking audience would be able to follow it somewhat. Well, they're very close. Those languages are very close. Right. So, right. yeah. So we did, based on what they did in Berlin, he encouraged us to sprinkle the Yiddish in. Gotcha. Well, I think it's fabulous myself. Yeah. But um, and, and and Stephen, since we just had some clarity from you, Debbie, I'll come back to you. I have to ask you about the set. Everybody yeah. that has walked in to see. Fiddler on the Roof from 1964 on until Saturday uh, is used to seeing Anna Tefka lay out on stage. We don't get Anna Tefka. And I have had more discussions with people, including the reviewers, Chris Jones, people trying to get a sense of what the the, the set. I don't think I'm ruining anything at this point because there's been reviews. People have seen it. So it's a set of armoires. And so I've heard everything from it's always Jews on the move. It's what can you explain the set? Debbie, I'll start with you on that. Yeah. Yeah, Uh Yes. Ask Debbie. So I, I see it as, uh, you know, it's a shtetl, it's our town, and it's all sort of, you know, and and there is sort of a, a little bit of a feeling of claustrophobia in a, in those old towns. And, and I think it all just sort of because, well, I don't want to give that away. Oh, my God, okay. Paul, you're making me give everything away. No, that's why I asked an open-ended question. You can say only as much as you want. Okay, I'm, I'm going to finish with this. Um. I think it's spectacular what we've done, what Barry's vision is in terms of you. It can be sort of anything. It's, it's our house. It's our, it's, it's the barn. It's the, 
it's outside, inside. So it's a little bit of everything. How, how about that for evasion? I, I'm willing to go with that. Yeah. And when we look at there's, there's something else. I'm so glad I get to talk to you because these are the questions I walked out of the theater with. And I, I went, gee, I hope I can ask somebody. I think I'll ask the stars. <laughs> so, Stephen, the other thing is you know, one of the other numbers, in addition to Rich Man, that I'm so well known for in my community. Yes. Uh, but I've also performed the Kabbalah Ballet sequence. Yes. And, of course, here, the first time that I can recall that the, the Chava Ballet is is out um i kind of i wasn't surprised i'll be honest with you as i'm sitting there i'm hearing you sing the song i'm going oh that makes no sense they have the ballet and there wasn't there but was there much discussion about that there was well i'll tell you this you know we we were hired guns for this production that was already figured out in berlin so there wasn't real discussion in terms of can we change things? Because it, they had set this, we received what they wanted. The only thing I asked Barry is that, you know, Tevya sings the two verses and then there's this musical interlude, which is the ballet, which we do retain. We retain the music, but we yes. don't have the dancing. I said to Barry, are you, you really convinced that, that my sitting here will hold without anything else going on? And that's when he rem reminded me, because I didn't realize it, that Chava is making her way slowly to me in the snow uh, while that is happening. And so he assured me, and I do believe him, that it, it dramatically holds because we're watching, we're watching her make this entrance. And, um, and uh, you know, I'm glad the music's not cut because... As Tevye in previous productions, Tevye doesn't really get to watch the ballet, but I love the musical interlude that is the ballet. Uh, me too. Uh, it, it's so beautiful. And, and Debbie, the other thing is that that we have that. And by the way, some of the other numbers, the bottle dance is there, but that certainly seemed very revised to me. And yeah. uh, and I noticed in Matchmaker, we don't get any brooms. All of those have to be <laughs> determined at some point. Right, Debbie? Yeah, it's, you know, it's all this brilliant um the brilliant concept of Barry Kosky. And I have not done the show before. Of course, I've also seen it many, many times, including Stephen in the brilliant um, Yiddish version. He's just, he's brilliant in any language, it seems. We're going to, we're going to France next. Um, <laughs> please let that be true. Please, right? Um, I, I, to me, there isn't anything that's false in the show. I don't know how else to say it. Everything yeah. just rings so true. And, and you know, I remember Barry talking to, you know, our daughters, quote unquote, yeah. about Matchmaker. And, you know, these are, these are smart girls and they've grown up with, with fun, smart, you know, parents. So... You know, and and he, he, I clearly you can see from the production that he doesn't go for any of the obvious moments, including the brooms in in Matchmaker. Uh, it makes sense. And here's you know somebody mentioned to me who didn't they were kind of young, and so they mentioned the comment. They went, you know, this Tevian Golda, they, they sort of seem younger. And I went, finally. Because it's always played when Topol was doing the thousandth anniversary of a Fiddler on the Roof. Yes. I, love, I love Topol, but um, and Dudu Fisher is a good friend of mine. If you've seen him perform this, but they're they're older. But actually, if you think about this in 1905, Stephen Tebya yeah. and Golda would not have been that old. They would no. have been what, late thirties, ah. right? Uh, well, yes. I mean, if if we note Seitel is not yet twenty, so let's say she's nineteen. 
Um, Tevye and Golda could be almost 40, you know. And um, thank you for saying that we are young. <laughs> I think it's the distance in an opera house that helps us with that. No, I was in the fifth row, Stephen, so that, that's not true. But the, the thing is, is that I'll speak for Debbie as well as myself. We're vital and we, you know, we, we have to, we're climbing the set, you know. Um, so we are being asked to do things that um, require a certain physicality and that, and that, and I do think I, for, from, for Tevye's point of view, you know, I, I played him the first time I played Tevye was when I was 17 at Interlochen in Michigan when, at summer camp. And I've, I've said that when I first played Tevye as a teenager, of course, I was only interested in all the things that made him into an older man for my acting. Right. Well, now that I am more age appropriate for Tevya, I'm struck by his youth and his youthful spirit and his uh, uh, kind of indomitable hope that, that seems to survive regardless of all the things that life mm-hmm. throws him. And, and that to me is a beautiful thing. And, and he is young at heart, even if he, he his age can vary. I do think he's, He's got a real rebound in the way he deals with life. Um, that is something I, I admire. Uh, Stephen, I want to stay with you for this because it, it's sort of tied to what you're saying. I think the age may play it. But and again, if I'm giving things away, if people haven't seen Fiddler by now, the shame on them. Um, <laughs> but you know, at the end, when yeah. Chava shows up, right, people are leaving and Chava shows up in, in every production until this one. Yeah. There is a way that Tevya has the line and God be with you, yeah. which doesn't come from him to her. It, it kind of gets picked up by Golden, all of that. But yeah. this time it is not handled that way. Am I reading something real there? Well, I don't quite know what you're asking. No. So. So, OK, so I'll be more clear and give more yeah. away. So yeah. in the previous productions, uh, Tevya says, may God be with you. But he says it to himself and almost into the cart. And yeah. Golda hears it and Golda yeah. yells at the Chava. And he kind of yells at Golda for doing right. it. But yeah. in your production, yeah. it is clear you want Chava to hear you. Yeah. Well, yes. I mean, it, it's that actually Tevya says it to Saitl and Saitl passes it on. It's to a, you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, um, Golda just that, gets excited. That's all. Exactly. That's what- oh, right. Golda gets excited by it, but yeah. it, it isn't, that is indeed the way I, I, that's how I've always understood the moment to be is that, and it's because title, because Chava is quote unquote dead to Tevya and theoretically dead to Golda, but they're, they're dealing with it in their own personal ways. Saitl is the one who says goodbye, Chava, goodbye, Fietka. Saitl is saying she, re- she in that moment is rejecting the, the thing she knows we are dealing with. And so I do think it's just a crack of a door opening. I'm, I don't know that they're going to write and say, come and visit us on the Lower East Side, bring Fietka too, and we'll have a nice sabbath meal you know i don't know what the future is but i do believe that in that moment tevya is trying to reach chava through the agency of title and passing on a message and um and i and i don't know what it means absolutely but it is a crack of a communication to when he has already said she's dead to us. So yeah. he's acknowledging that. And, and well, and to me, it's that really for, for Tevya, he, he might be tough on the outside, but, but no, that's not who he is. Right. 
And so I, let's go back to Debbie with the tough questions. Um, <laughs> so by the way, I, I noticed there are little subtle line changes here and there, I, I assume, and I assume they're intentional. And um, so I'm going to just uh, ask you about just a couple of things. And th- so in Wonder of Wonder, the last line of the song, which in the original, Immortal says, and God has given you to me. Mm-hmm. What I heard in your production was she has given you to me. Did I hear that correctly, Debbie? Uh, you know, Paul, because I'm not in that number, puff, puff. <laughs> I don't really know, but I would say no. I think you heard it wrong. I think you heard that wrong. All right. I checked it with Chris Jones. He heard it too. Oh, my. Wow. So I thought that was a significant, I just thought that was a little bit of an update thing that really caught my attention. I don't know that to be true. Okay. Yeah. I don't well, that's why, we're, that's why we're checking this stuff out. Yeah. And then, of course, Stephen. Come on, bring them, bring them. I'm going to give one. <laughs> Stephen, do we have a word change from English to Yiddish at the end of To Life? L'chaim? Yeah, because in the, in, the, in the other productions, they end up by yelling. To life, right. But yes, here we indeed. get L'chaim. Well, right. Yes. Yes, but indeed. they actually say L'chaim to life. They, they just say it both. They say both. Well, the whole song, the whole song is both, but we do end with the Yiddish as opposed to the English. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I was asking. And now I want to talk about your relationship um, because it's, it's complex. And I had a very long discussion uh, with someone where we talked about, and maybe it's because of the Jewish family I grew up in. And I, I, I take the position that Golda really runs the house, but Tevya is trying to be the man that every man at that time wanted to be. But I, I, cause I'm used to growing up with a woman that ran the house. Debbie, who runs the house in, in this show? Does Golda run the household or does Tevya? Oh, I, I don't think that's not a hard question at all. I think Golda runs the household, but. Well, no, I mean, but I, I mean, you know. But it's we're under Tevya's roof, you know, Tevya as much as, you know, I like to think that Golda thinks she's very modern, but she, you know, it's what her husband says. It's what, it's what her husband says. That's what, that's what goes as difficult and as much as she may fight it, but he does have the last word, but she, she obviously, she runs the, the, you know, the house. Oh yes. In the household. But, but Stephen, do you know what I'm going after here? It almost as though Tedja yeah. makes these decisions, but he, he's got to get his wife on board with things. I think I, uh, I do believe that. Well, first, I, I mean, both Barry Kosky and Joel Gray used the exact same word when talking about Golda, which is she's the general. She really is running everything. And, um, and you know, there's the Yiddish, the Yiddish expression, the Luftmensch. So I do think Tevye is a little bit more of a dreamer and, and Golda is much more practical in a way. And so, he can have as if I were a rich man dream, but she's the one that says he's not up yet. We got to clean the barn, you know? And, and so I do think she, I think she runs everything and he may bristle at that sometimes, but I think, uh, I think he really depends on that. And uh, the other thing that I love about this musical, which, you know, obviously when it was written, it was, I mean, when Shalom Aleichem wrote it, you can't say he wrote necessarily a, a feminist story, but he did surround Tevya with all these women and um, strong women too. 
What? Which? Strong women. Very strong women, exactly. So we see these daughters who, in the course of the story, are pushing the parents, are, are, are going ahead of the parents, you know, and saying, I want to marry for love, and I want to, I want to marry for ideals, and, and even I want to marry beyond the bounds of my faith. And all of that is, is beyond what Tevya and Golda probably feel for themselves, but they are the ones who, and I think Golda especially, empowered their daughters, you know, and so in that regard, I think Tevya and Golda are are a really good couple together, you know. There's, a, I, there, yeah. there's a cathartic moment. Uh, I'm going to play for our listeners, uh, yeah. Do You Love Me, which is uh, the version that, that you guys do in the show. Yeah. So I want you to listen to uh, the two of you Singing, Do You Love Me? Do you love me? Do I what? Do you love me? Do I love you? With our daughters getting married And there's trouble in the town You're upset, you want out Go inside, go lie down. Maybe it's indigestion. Now go there. I'm asking you a question. Do you love me? You're a fool. I know. But do you love me? Do I love you? Cooked your meals, cleaned your house, given you children, milked the cow. After 25 years, why talk about love right now? Golden, the first time I met you was on our wedding day. I was scared. I was shy. I was nervous. So was I. But my father and my mother said we'd learn to love each other. So now I'm asking God, do you love me? I'm your wife. I know. But do you love me? And Debbie, again, I'll come to you because this is a cathartic moment. After we hear the song, talk to me about the cathartic moment this song seems to be in your relationship. It does, because um, I, I've been pretty aggravated at him about making, you know, all these decisions without me, especially about um, Perchik and Hoddle. And he he gives them their permission and, and he, you know, he doesn't, you know, ask me anything about it. Not that he's supposed to, but because of our relationship. And then he brings up all this, you know, kooky love stuff, which is so, you know, we're busy people. We've just, you know, we're just trying to feed our family and keep us nice and warm. And um, and so when he brings that up, I'm completely aggravated at him. But, you know, he knows me and and um, it sort of just cracks open my heart. 
um, as we're just sitting there um, being sort of still, because he reminds me of what, you know, this life we've had together and what that's meant and what it's got us to. And um, I sort of fall under his spell and, and admit that I, I do love him too. And Stephen, for your Tevya, this is a question he really needs answered, right? It's not like he has the answer and he wants her to confirm it. Yes, indeed. And uh, I'll tell you, uh, before I answer the question fully, um, one of the joys of, of, of doing this production at Lyric Opera of Chicago, uh, coming out of the Yiddish fiddler and then going back into the Yiddish fiddler, although we are not opera singers, but in some ways, it's a little bit what opera singers go through, which is they, they play, you know, they play whatever role Carmen and they go all over the world in different productions of Carmen. And so, um, and bring with them all the other things. So I'm gathering things from Joel Gray's Yiddish fiddler and, and putting it in the English as long as Barry seems okay with it. And one of the things I love about the musical fiddler on the roof is the song. Do you love me in that it, it, it happens in the middle of the second act. And it, it really, it, it, it's been received as a sort of joke, you know, from when we first heard it originally, that it's like Tevya asks the question and it electrocutes Golda every time he says the word. And that's <laughs> basically the joke. But it occurred to me when I was doing the Yiddish Fiddler, and, and it still is true today, that he asks it seven times, you know. So to answer your question, Paul, it's it's really an, a question he is hoping for an answer. And it's never, it's a question he never really thought that he would ever ask. It, it, that's, that's what I feel is that these daughters of theirs are talking about love in a way. And he says, it's a new style. I, you know, we were, we met on the day we were married. We, we were told maybe love will come into the picture, but who knows? But because of where their daughters are going, Tevya feels compelled to try and see if if that piece of that pie is possible for him and Golda. This at, at this point in their lives, that's another thing I love about Fiddler on the Roof is that the protagonists, Tevya and Golda, are are in the middle of their life's journey. They're not the ingenue and the juvenile, but they are in the in a place where they're looking back and forward and trying to see how do we na- navigate. And I absolutely feel that that it's a risk for Tevya in his heart to ask this question. And he's also saying she may say no. It's up. I mean, I love also that it's really about the guy asking the girl and waiting to hear what she has to say. And thankfully, you know, she says, I guess I do. And he, and that's, that's the best she can do. I suppose I do love you. And he yeah. says, well, I suppose I love you too. So, you know, maybe they, Debbie, why don't you throw him one night and just go, not really. I don't. I'm going to be honest. If I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, all right. Time for tough question. Tough question yeah. to Debbie. Cause I don't know how much to spill on this one. Ooh, that was, that was an unintended pun. Oh. Debbie, there's probably nothing more dramatically different about this production than what takes us into the intermission. Yeah. Uh, I will simply say that anybody who has seen Fiddler on the Roof over the last decades sees the, the area that I won't say the town of Anatevka, but anyways, the town of Anatevka, it's a pogrom, it's burning. That may be going on here, but something very different happens here. And I'm curious to know, you can say what it is or not. I don't know how you feel about disclosing that, but um, it was it was stunning and shocking 
And I, I just, I just don't know. It really was powerful. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, Stephen, do, do we give this away or not? I don't, I don't think we want to give it absolutely away. I, okay. Yeah, so can, you can talk about it. Just knowing something say. different happens. Yeah. yeah. It's just something does. And the first act that it's incredibly visceral and, um, and anyone with a beating heart is going to, uh, feel that yeah uh and it's i think it's one of the more brilliant um ideas that barry kosky you know he, he actually he had a dream about it let's put it this way really and, and he yeah. realized it and um but i don't want to give this one away paul okay Sorry. Yeah. that's fine yeah. yeah. i will say that um you know barry was also saying you know the pogrom at the end of Fiddler's first act can always seem a little like, oh, Russians come and they kick a chair or they, you know, they turn over fake fruit, you know, or, yeah. and, that, and that's what it is. And he just knew he wanted something. And the word he used because it was humiliating that it's not necessarily that no one loses their life at the end of our first act. But it's a humiliating thing specifically for Tevye's family. That's right. And, and, and he did. He said he couldn't. He dreamed it up out of a panic the day before he was to stage this in Berlin. <laughs> and and, it, it, and it, it is like nothing I've ever experienced in Fiddler or really on stage that just viscerally takes you to the, re- to the moment. And you don't even have to act because what, what the Russians do to us is so brutal uh, uh, in its way, but not, and violent, but no one really is hurt. You know, it's, it's much more of an emotional scarring than anything. Um, and I'm going to add in and personal. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I was, I was at the Goodman theater last night at a dinner before the opening of the show Clyde's, which by the way, if you, I think you get some nights off here and there, if you're in town, go see Clyde's at the Goodman. It's incredible. That's what Um, I heard. Yeah. Yeah. Don't miss it. Um, but that, that being said, or by the way, also go ahead to, and see, um, what was um, Teatro Zanzani over with Frank Ferranti and all of that. I got lots of shows for you to see why on your nights off, (laughs) but, but anyway, um, well, I was, so at this dinner last night, I was telling everybody about Fiddler at my table and I got to that intermission scene and I yeah. found that I couldn't tell them what it was. I said, you know what? I'm not telling you. You just yeah. need to see it. Yeah. Thank you, Paul. You're, yeah. you're welcome. And so now, Debbie, this is not so tough, but some people would say, why does a show that's, you know, 60 years old, why does it have the, oh, play on your word, play on your name, gravitas that, <laughs> that you know, it had so many years ago. So we'll come to Debbie with it. And, and I think the answer is, it's probably more relevant today than it was when it opened. I think that I, yes, but I think that it, because of the world situation is what I mean. Yeah. But for some reason, we humans seem to always be in something of this situation, no matter where in the world. And I think, I mean, I'm stating the complete obvious, but the, the complete core of the show is, is family. And because we're human beings, we're all from family and everybody has had a mother or or father in some form or another. And you either have siblings or you've got cousins, you have family, you have mishpucha. And, and 
it's such a universal theme, which is why it's done in a trillion languages and it's beloved everywhere. So I think that even though it does resonate now with, you know, war going on in Ukraine and Russians and I mean, you know, all of that is very pertinent, but I think, I think that next week, if there were peace in the world in Ukraine, it would still be pertinent to us. I totally agree. Stephen, I assume you agree as well. Yes. I mean, the, the thing I love, the, the catchphrase that the Lyric Opera has put on our production is that love is the greatest tradition of all. And I, and I, I love that because the musical is about love and it's about, and it starts with family. And then towards the second half of the musical, it, it opens up to include the world. But, but as Debbie said, it's like, we're, we're all of one human family. And so if we could, if we could let love guide us, then maybe we wouldn't feel like we have to push people out or, 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 or leave people behind or have an intolerance that seems to be the fabric of life. But um, I do agree absolutely that as, as Rosie, uh, you know, then Barry's in agreement with my adolescent self, because I used to believe that, Tevye, you're getting kicked out of your home, but you're going to go to America and you're going to have me as a grandson and you're going to probably make a lot of money in whatever you choose to do. And while that seems like the American dream version, and Barry believes that, that Tevye makes a lot of money when he goes to America, the, the truth is that the, he is thrown out of his home along with along with his entire shtetl and that sadly that is still pertinent today and as long as i think the world turns it's going to remain pertinent and and the and the beautiful thing about fiddler is it doesn't rose color it it really just lets it sit as what it is and you make your own conclusions as to how to how to go forward by the way, Stephen, did I catch another change? Laser Wolf says he's going to New York, and I thought Tevia says, and we're going to. It was either Chicago or Milwaukee. I thought it was Chicago. No. That will be neighbors. That no. got dropped. Laser Laser's going to Chicago. That is true. Tevia is going to New York. I think in the movie they said they added the line, "We'll be neighbors." Okay. Mm. But uh, that's not in the Broadway. Te- gotcha. Laser goes to Chicago, and Tevia is going to stay with. Golda's brother in New York. Okay, gotcha. Right. Just yeah. want to run that by you. Uh, yeah. We have only a couple of moments left. And Debbie, I just want to ask you the difference between performing on a, a Broadway stage or the different stages you're on. And then, man, you find yourself on the Lyric in Chicago, one of the grandest stages, I would argue, in the world. I'm going to completely and totally agree with you. But I think as an actor, uh, God, not all the world's a stage, but every stage. There's something about that cocoon of us being up there. It's, it's, it's another place. It just so happens that we're singing to and playing to a lot of people, but in doing the show, even though, I mean, Stephen and I both saw the theater at the same time. We both like snuck in while they were rehearsing for Ernani, the big opera. And you're sort of like, Oh my God, what's going to happen. The bottom line is, mercifully, we've been able to keep the show as intimate as it can be. So I never, and I'm a real like audience watcher when I'm doing other shows, but not in this. Mm. Um, It feels, I I feel like I'm just in my little 
my little shtetl on the stage. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I love it. And Stephen, let me just ask you, I mean, you've been in Chicago before you've done wicked other shows, but yeah. so I love asking actors who are in our city, at least for a time, what are the must sees? What do, have you gone to the ice cream museum, by the way, which recently opened? No, I haven't. I heard of it, but I haven't been there yet. I mean, I'll tell you, my mother grew up in Chicago. And so I was here as a child and I have great nostalgia for Chicago. I, but uh, I'll tell you, I love this town this time in a way I've never experienced before. The river is incredible. I've done the architecture tour on the river um, yesterday. I'm oh, like what felt like the first good day off. I was at the Art Institute of Chicago, taking in such beautiful art. And, and then I had lunch at the Palmer House and had their signature Bloody Mary. Um, I am really in love with the city of Chicago, I will tell you that. Oh, th- and By the way, you know the brownie was invented at the Palmer House, right? I didn't, but I know that the lady was trying to sell it to me. <laughs> it's a true story. It was, of course, it was Bertha and Potter Palmer, and Bertha Palmer invented the. Uh, there was a reason for her doing it. It had to do with the workmen or something. But, but yes, wow. it was invented at the Palmer House. Wow. And Debbie, what are the must dos for you? What have you loved uh, the most while you're here? Well, um, just like Stephen, my mom actually came here from Warsaw, Poland, and so she spent a lot of time here before she moved west, where I grew up. So I, but unfortunately I haven't had a lot of free time because I've been running off to do other things. She was singing in Pittsburgh last night. Uh, <laughs> well, okay. I'm not, Pittsburgh's a nice city, but so while you're here, Debbie, you know, you got to do the piece. There's all sorts of things. Stephen will take, why don't you take Stephen, take her to the ice cream museum. Okay, sounds I, good. Nothing would make me happier than the ice cream museum followed by the Palmer house brownie. I, I can assure you. <laughs> and just so you know, I'm not here doing a plug for the ice cream museum, but um, you get dove bars while you're waiting in line as many as you want. And, wow. and then as you walk through the 12 rooms, there's all this very, and it ends, it ends with Chicago hot dog flavored ice cream served on a bun with mustard. Oh my goodness. I might have to pass on that one. But. Some people do, but I, and it's <laughs> terrible, but, I, but I had to have the guts to try it. So I did. I, I got to tell you guys. I mean, as I said, I've seen Fiddler a million times. I always see it every time it, it actually just played this past season with Broadway in Chicago. Mm. So I, I came thinking, eh, I'm going to see another production of it. I love it, but it's Fiddler on the roof. But yeah. I got to tell you to say you blew me away. And again, I keep quoting my, my friend, Chris Jones, the Tribune critic. He was so emotionally moved by this show. I've never seen him like that. So uh, that was an intermission. This just has an impact that all I can tell people is you must see the show. And the thing is, it's only here until October 7th and you don't do shows every night. There's really a limited. No. Run here. Yeah. We literally have nine shows left from today. It's an so. opera schedule, which which for us Broadway babies, we're not used to all this downtime, but um, it's a very limited run uh, of, a, of an amazing production. Yeah, makes you want to go into opera, doesn't it? Hey, I only got to work. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, people, can, people can get tickets at lyricopera.org slash fiddler, lyricopera.org slash fiddler. This is just a show people shouldn't miss. And I thank you. Uh, for spending time with me. If you ask me, do I love you? The answer is yes, I love you. And um, <laughs> and if I if I could, I would see this every night you were here. Congratulations, Mazel Tov, and Thank have you. a great rest of the run. Thanks, Thank Paul. You.
Well, if you want to know more about what we've talked about here, follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Paul Lisnick. That's P-A-U-L-L-I-S-N-E-K. And I'd love to hear your comments or topic suggestions for future podcasts. You can also go to my website, paullisnick.tv. And hey, don't forget to hit subscribe on WGN Plus and iTunes. And tune in each week to hear more Insider Scoop coming to you from behind the curtain.